0: see through the waves of doubt that take me under. In the chaos I hear you speak. Be still and know that you are my God. Be still live. Good morning, good morning. How are y'all doing? On this fine Palm Sunday, uh, we have Easter coming here. Good morning, good morning. We are a week out from Easter. Uh, Today is Palm Sunday. I'm going to share a passage uh, basically building on what I've been talking about for the last um, two, well actually yeah two weeks. So this would be the third week with what I believe God is doing right now I think it's a very important message for all of us to hear. Um, So I will wait a minute. Good morning, good morning as y'all tune in. Hey, uh, also, we've released our podcast, Backwards Life Podcast. So everything that I speak on, I'm actually speaking on podcast right now. So we are live both on Facebook and on podcast. Um, So y'all can go to our our Backwards Life Podcast page. Uh, It's also tweeted out on Twitter. Twitter, Instagram, all of that is all Backwards Life. YouTube, all Backwards Life. So y'all check us out. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Danny. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Turkey season is underway. Uh, I believe Georgia opened up uh, yesterday. I saw Michael and his dad, Ben Micah, uh, pulled a double. Uh, friends of ours, Tom and his dad also pulled a double. So yeah, it's um, turkey season is underway, um, which is, I love, I love turkey hunting. It's, a, it's definitely a blast. So good morning, good morning, Jasper, Texas. Brian, how are you doing? Good morning from Moreland, Georgia. Vance, how are you doing? Good morning. Good morning, James. From Northeast Ohio. I'm here in Central Kentucky. I live in Wilmore, where I am going to school at Asbury Theological Seminary. Um, cool. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning to my father-in-law, Ken, from Virginia. Hey, today's a, a big day for, uh, for me and my wife. We celebrate our 12th Uh, wedding anniversary today, March 25th. We're married March 25th, 2006. So uh, my wife is uh, is an amazing person, and I'm so amazed at how far God has brought us from where we were when we first said I do to each other. So good morning. Good morning. I'll give it a couple seconds, and then I'm going to I'll open up in a word of prayer, and from here I'm just going to share what's been on my heart, I'm going to recap of everything that we've talked about the past two weeks really quick, and then we're going to jump into God's Word, we're going to jump into exactly what was going on uh, more than 2,000 years ago uh, on this day uh, as Jesus was approaching Jerusalem where he was going to be crucified. So good morning, good morning I see you, good morning Jimmy, good morning, thank you Kathy, I appreciate it, thank you Tim good morning let's go ahead and pray dear Heavenly father lord i just um we just thank you for the opportunity lord just to share about you and just talk about you father we um you are a good good father and i pray that everybody that's listening knows that we are all the beloved that you love us so much that you um are raising up an army lord that you are calling us uh, to be on your mission field. So, Father, right now I lay my life down. I lay my pride down. I'm a man of unclean lips and unclean thoughts, and I lay them down at your feet. Father, as a humble servant, Lord, may your words through the power of the Holy Spirit be spoken through me. Father, may the, the hearts of those who are hearing, Lord, may they be cultivated, may be fertile ground. May the words that I speak Uh, May the seeds be planted in their heart, Lord, and may these these seeds uh, die to themselves, and may they produce a bumper crop of crops, Lord. So, Father, I just pray right now that you would go before me, you would prepare the way, and that you would give me your words. It's all for your glory and only your glory, and we thank you, Jesus, and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So... Good morning, y'all. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to Luke nineteen. We're gonna read twenty-eight through forty-four. There's some passages I want to cover because I believe this is what God is doing in His church. So as you're opening that, I'm just gonna kind of recap of what we talked about over the past few weeks. I told you all two weeks ago that I believe that God was calling me to give a warning to the church um, that. Uh, He put me in Revelations 10-7. If you you didn't hear how I got there, you can go back and watch the two previous episodes. But that, you know, God speaks before he actually acts. This has happened all throughout Scripture with all individuals. And, you know, Jesus does the same exact thing. He speaks before he acts. And we have this opportunity because we now have the Holy Spirit in us that God speaks to us his words before it actually comes to fruition. And I believe right now that God is really pruning his church, that God is really pruning individuals, that God is raising up an army. And it's only those who are willing to lay their lives down and to truly follow Jesus. Not just to say, hey, I profess Jesus. I profess that Jesus is my Lord. No, but literally walking in his ways and, and listening to the his words of instruction and heeding to those words. And sometimes that is tough. It's challenging. And we talked about last week, I'd had this vision of, you know, just this this army that's being that's being built up right now and when an army gets built up when they get called you know to join forces with the army or with every branch of military we are part of god's army an army of one of one god one baptism one savior and it's only through jesus which is our mediator that we can get to the father um and i believe that when that happens that god Prunes us. We have to go through a training phase. God has got to reset our heart. He's got to reset our minds. He's got to re- reset our desires, our motives, uh, so that they're line up with his motives and his heart. And that can be challenging. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And we live in a society where we expect things to happen overnight. We expect to lose 40, 50 pounds overnight. It doesn't happen that way because that's not gonna last. Those those kingdoms and those those things are gonna crumble. And that's what I believe is happening right now in the church. Uh, things are starting to crumble. Lives are starting to crumble. Marriages are falling apart. Um, I'm seeing. I'm hearing it more and more these days, and I believe God is just trying to get our attention. I want to read this passage, and I'll and I'll tie this in uh, what this means and what I, what I think this means for both you and I as uh, what God is doing, and God is. You know he's 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 breathing life into his church, which means the Holy Spirit. And I pray that the Holy Spirit is poured out on every single one of y'all, and now that y'all just put everything off to the side and you focus on Him and Him alone. So let's go ahead and read from this passage as what Jesus is instructing the disciples to do. We're going to jump around a little bit. We're going to go from here. We're going to go to uh, to Ezekiel twenty-six of what uh, Ezekiel was prophesying to uh, Tyre. And then we're going to jump back into into Matthew. Um, but let's go ahead and, and read from this. So Matthew or Luke 19 verse 28 says, after Jesus has said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. Remember he's going to Jerusalem. This is where he's going to be crucified and all through the gospels, he's leading up to his crucifixion. So he's been telling them going, he's, he's already foretold them that I'm going to go be killed basically. But I would be raised up in three days. And of course, the disciples didn't understand that. And it took a lot of time for them, three years exactly, that Jesus was walking with them as he is telling them what is to come. Just like he tells us now, he tells us what is to come before he actually does it. So it says, as he approached Beth, uh, Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples ahead of him saying, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, what are you untie why are you untying it, tell them the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found just what he had told them. I find that fascinating that God sends us ahead a lot of times. He sends us ahead and then he shows up. This happened all throughout the gospels. God calls us to, to take a step of faith, to go on his behalf before he actually shows up. It says they replied, The Lord needs it. They bought they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on it their coats, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road, basically paving the way, giving him glory and honor. When he came near the place where the road goes uh, down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. They said, and they're quoting Psalms 118, "'Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest.'" Some of the Pharisees and the crowd said to Jesus, "Teacher, rebuke your disciples." And Jesus says, "I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out." As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. When I read that this morning, when he saw the city of Jerusalem, when he saw the Holy Land, the place where God's people were supposed to be residing, he wept. Here's why he wept. If you, even you, he's talking to the Pharisees, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming. You see, all the prophets, all back in the early BC, before Jesus was actually born, they get prophesied about Jesus. He is coming. He's basically giving warning He is coming, He's coming to save the people from, the, from their sins. Jesus steps down from heaven, puts on flesh, He is incarnated, He is raised up, led by the power, led by the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God. And he's doing what God has called him to do. He is submissive to the Father's will, only to do the Father's will. But yet he was rejected. The people, he was sent only to the Jews, and the Jews rejected him. And I believe that happens today. Prophets are raised up. They're sent to speak a word of knowledge or a word of warning. And those people get rejected. Jesus knew exactly why he was going to Jerusalem, was to to be crucified. He says, if you, even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you on every single side. The temple that that was built, the second temple, was getting ready to be crumbled. This was on Sunday, more than two thousand years ago, a week prior to what Jesus is going to be crucified. On that Monday, meaning like tomorrow, more than 2,000 years ago, it says he entered the temple area and began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among them were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find any way to do it because all the people hung on his words. Because all the people hung on his words they put their hearts and their minds solely on his words. This is what Jesus calls for us to do today, is to not only just to know his word, K N O W, to know Jesus, but to truly know him in our heart. And this journal, this journey from our head to our heart, it's a process. It takes time. I'm speaking from experience. God ran after me for 17 years, and I just kept running and running and running, and it wasn't until I saw my own self, envisioned myself. God showed me this, showed me driving the nails into his feet and hands, and Jesus looking down upon me saying, you are forgiven, my child, my son. The, the, the cross took on a whole different meaning for me. And I pray that the cross takes on a whole different meaning for you. What is this? What are the implications for this today? If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Ezekiel 26. And this is something that uh, my family and I have I really walked through, and it was it was probably one of the toughest journeys I have ever been through. And uh, Ezekiel is being raised up as a watchman to, to show what is to coming, and he says this to the city of Tyre. I'm going to pick up in uh, in verse two. It says, "Son of man," meaning talking to Jerusalem, because Tyre has said of Jerusalem, "Aha." The gate to the nations is broken and its doors have swung open to me. Now that she lies in ruins, I will prosper. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against you, O Tyre, and I will bring many nations against you like the sea casting up its waves. They will destroy the walls of Tyre and pull down her towers. I will scrape away her rubble and make her a bare rock. Out in the sea, she will become a place to spread fish nets. And I have spoken, declares the Lord. She will become plundered up for the nations, and her settlements on the mainland will be ravaged by the sword. Then they will know that I am the Lord. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. From the north I am going to bring disaster against Tyre, Nebuchadnezzar, king of um, Babylon, king of kings, lowercase k, with horses and chariots, with horsemen and a great army, he will ravage your settlements on the mainland with a sword. He will set up siege works against you, build a ramp to your walls, and raise his shields against you. He will direct the blows of his battering rams against your walls and demolish your towers with his weapons. His horses will be so many that they will cover you with dust. Your walls will tremble at the noise of the war horses, wagons, and chariots when he enters your gates as men enter a city whose walls have been broken through. The hoofs... Of this horses will trample all your streets. He will kill your people and the sword and your strong pillars will fall to the ground. They will plunder your wealth and loot your merchandise. They will break down your walls and demolish your fine houses and throw your stones, timber and rubble into the sea. I will put an end to your noisy songs and the music of your harps will be heard no more. I will make you a bare rock and you will be come to a place to spread fish nets. You will never be rebuilt, for I the Lord have spoken, declares the Lord. So basically, Ezekiel is telling Jerusalem, Tyre, that he is that he's gonna allow evil to prevail. He's gonna allow evil to build up these siege ramps, to knock down these walls that have been built up. That is protecting the city. And here's here's my whole point with this. And I'm gonna share a little bit of my story that a lot of y'all know that uh, I pretty much, that God led both me and my wife back in 2015 to leave my family, to leave jobs, to leave everything we had, to go to this wilderness, to live on a farm. It didn't make sense financially. It didn't make sense to the ways of the world. It didn't make sense to our, our jobs. They were prospering, but God, we were in, both me and my wife were in God's word and he was calling us to pick up and move, to leave and go. And God had confirmed this so many times because we were abiding in his word. We were falling down at his feet and God was speaking. And up to us, it's up to us to be obedient. So we listened and we went in faith, following the Holy Spirit. And when he led us to this farm, I can tell you that, I, that before he led us to this farm, it was about a month before we were, we were moving. And I was driving on Brandon Boulevard in Brandon, Florida on State Road 60 and I looked up and I saw this billboard that I know that God showed me because now it makes perfect sense looking back. And it said that a siege was coming and there was a countdown on the clock. And it was a countdown and, and the countdown was ending on it was gonna end on September twelfth. Well what this was for really it was for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was their slogan that season. This is back in 2015. But I knew that there was something deeper behind it, that God was using something in the natural to speak to me in the spiritual. And he said that a siege was coming. I had no clue what that meant, but I knew it was from God. I took my wife and showed it. I took my father-in-law and showed it. I talked about it, but I didn't know exactly what it meant. What happened was, is we moved to this farm. And on September 12th of 2015, I went to a very dark uh, place in my life. I began to struggle. Didn't understand exactly why I was where I was at. I began to battle. I didn't understand what was going on, on the farm. Why was the farm struggling so much? Why was there so much confusion? Why wasn't it clear? I didn't understand it. But see, what it was is God had taken us to a place, to for us to remove all the distractions of the world, to get rid of social media, to get rid of Facebook and Instagram, to get rid of cable TV. He had to get our attention, so we had to come to this point in our life where we had to put everything off and just listen to open his word and to seek him with all of our heart. We didn't have a clue why we were there, but God started to slowly reveal it in his word. And he allowed, he allowed the enemy to raise up and to knock down these walls. These walls had to be broken down in order to be rebuilt. And it was in this process as we were being pruned, as the enemy was attacking us from all different angles, it got very dark, but it took us really humbling ourselves, putting God on his pedestal, recognizing his holiness, humbling ourselves before him. And he started speaking to us of what was going on. There were some things that were going on behind closed doors that God was speaking and letting us know exactly what was going on. In this time frame, I had to find out who I was in Christ. I had to find out, I had to struggle through this pain and suffering that was being, uh, put on our family as we're living on this farm in the second story of the morning. I didn't understand exactly why, but as as God started speaking and started revealing of what it was for, it's because God had to knock down all these walls that I had built up. These walls had to crumble in order for him to start rebuilding again. The whole point of this, the whole point of this sermon is I believe right now some of us have built these walls up, that we hide behind these walls. And we don't reveal our true self, but God knows your true self. He knows your struggles, he knows your temptations, he knows everything that you're struggling with. And I believe right now in the church, in the body of Christ, that God is pruning his church, that God is going to have his way regardless of what we want. And it takes us surrendering our will to get to his will. I believe the siege is already happening on your life, that the siege is here. But I can tell you, if you just stick to what God has for you and search for him in your word, Almost like we hunt for turkeys. We go after him with everything we got. If you go after God and allow him to reveal himself to you, he will show you the way out. Just like he did with us. We were basically in this form of slavery living on this farm. The siege ramps were built. We were battling every single day. Didn't understand exactly why we were there. But it took us coming to know who he was and how he was leading us. He allowed the enemy to work in our lives so that we could recognize what he was doing and he could pull us out of this pit this pit that we didn't think we would ever be out of and I'll never forget this I was on the farm and there was so much chaos going on in the farm God was speaking and I remember God saying this to me I was out on the farm with the pigs and he said this the shortest distance between two points is through the Holy Spirit and I remember and I remember It wasn't too long after that I was driving into Jacksonville Florida from South Georgia and on the Publix marquee of the Publix warehouse there in Jacksonville there was this this sign and it says I am safety and that's all it said but I knew that God was speaking to me again from the natural world but also speaking to me spiritually he was leading me letting me know that he was my safety he was my only refuge he was my only shelter and it took me Getting in His Word and my wife also, and us just journaling with God and God was leading and God was speaking and it was through all that that God had brought us to this place of abundance, the place of to study His Word, to be in seminary. So at the time it was the hardest thing I had ever gone through, but now looking back it was the best thing that I, I had ever done. It was tough, it was hard, and I believe right now that our walls are being crumbled. I was praying over somebody the other day and I just saw. You know, just this vision of walls that had been completely crumbled. There was just concrete, just just massive chunks of concrete just laying on the ground. But then I saw this, this foundation, this concrete that was being poured over that, and it was being smoothed out. And now there was a foundation that was not going to fall. And that's what I believe Jesus is doing right now. That's what I believe the Holy Spirit is doing right now. That's what I believe the Father who is in heaven is doing right now. Is These walls are crumbling, or they have crumbled, and God's going to start to rebuild. We can't rebuild unless our walls have been crumbled. We have to recognize that we are broken people. We have to recognize that when we take pictures on Facebook or social media, we can't put this description, you know, lifting ourselves up. No, we are broken people. The church is a hospital. It's only in our weakness, only in our brokenness that we find who we are because Christ comes in and fills all those gaps. He is our only solid foundation. The Bible says this in Matthew. It says... um, the proof of the kingdom. says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Jesus came here strict to do the Father's will. That's why he came. He was obedient to the Father. He's asking us to do the same thing, not to do our will, not to do what we want to do. No, it's to do what he wants us to do for his kingdom, for his sake. It says this, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you, away from me, you evil doers. He says this in, tw- in the verse 24 of Matthew seven. he says, "Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is my warning to you guys last week, don't just sit around and listen to the words that I say. No, put these words into practice. That's the only way you're ever going to receive the fruit that he's talking about. That's the only way you're ever going to understand who he is and what he's done for you. Put these words into practice. It is, and those who do, those who put these words into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. On the rock of Jesus, the solid foundation, the only foundation. Anything else is going to crumble So my question to you is, what are you putting your faith in? What are you putting your hope in? What are you putting your trust in? Because if it's not in Jesus, it's going to crumble. I'm speaking from experience. My walls crumbled. I was in an extremely dark place and it was only me coming to find that one little speck of light and as I went to that one little speck of light and utter darkness that I started to see that light grow more and more. I started to come to see who I was in his eyes. It wasn't in what I had done in my, my past, the sin that I had done. It wasn't in the accomplishments that I had done according to the world. It wasn't in the trophies that I had harvested. It wasn't in the trophies that I had won in races. It wasn't in my grades. It didn't matter if I had was an honor roll student my whole entire life. That didn't matter. Those stuff had to fall away. It takes time to build a house. It doesn't happen overnight. And what do we start first with? We start with a foundation. All of our houses, they need to be gutted. They need to be knocked down so that he can rebuild. And when he rebuilds, and when our hope and our trust and our faith is on his foundation, it doesn't matter what storm comes against us. It doesn't matter when the enemy tries to attack our marriage, when the enemy tries to attack our houses, when the enemy tries to attack our children, when the enemy tries to attack us. If our our hope and our faith and our trust is on his firm foundation, on his rock, we will never, ever crumble. That's what God is doing in his church right now. He is starting to rebuild after the crumbling. Hey, your life is not over yet. Allow him to work in you. Allow him to search your heart. Don't be like the people of the Pharisees. The time is here and the time is now. Don't forget what Jesus did for you on the cross. Put all your hope in him. Allow him to bless you in a way that you've never, ever thought could ever in your life happen. He is calling out right now. The trumpets are sounding. God is raising up people that are saying, Give me the ball. I want to be on your playing field. I want to score touchdowns for you doing what you've called me to do. It's not my will, it's your will. Everything I've had has crumbled. I put my hope and I put my trust in you. And if you seek him with all of your heart, he will be found. God is speaking today. God is speaking in this very moment. But it's up to us to humble ourselves so we're not like the Pharisees or we're blinded or we're deaf. We've got to put his words into practice. It can be tough. It can be the, one of the most challenging things that you'll ever have to go through. But I can promise you, it's worth it prime example of this is Joseph back in Genesis. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. From there, he was put into prison. He deciphered dreams. He was found righteous in, in God's eyes. And the reason why he was thrown in prison is because he wouldn't sleep with a wife. He chose not to, but she ripped his robe out and he ran out of the house naked. He was thrown in prison because he wouldn't do what the world wanted him to do. he said, I'm going to do what the Father wants me to do. And he was thrown in prison. And in this, it came to a point in his life as God kept promoting him and promoting him that his brothers had to come back to where he was, to this place, because there was a famine in the country. And Joseph was in charge of all the food and all the goods. And they had to come to him to get their goods and foods. And in in Genesis 50, 20, this is something that God had spoken to me as we pulled out of that farm. It says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see that God allowed the enemy to attack me and for these walls to crumble, to attack my family. He allowed that to happen so that I would come to know who he was and what he was trying to do. God is in charge of all things, including the enemy. It's his way or it's no way. If our sights and our heart And our minds are on him. We will never be led astray. And we will never fall again. It says this. I'm speaking to a bunch of hunters and outdoorsmen and women. Genesis 49. It says, With bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility. But his bow remained steady. His strong arms stayed limber. Because of the land, the hand of the mighty one of Jacob... Because of the shepherd, Jesus, the rock of Israel, the rock of our life, the rock of our foundation. The only way we will ever keep our bow steady and focused and fixed on him who is leading us is by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in surrendering. It's in our weakness that we find out who we are in his eyes. So I'm convinced right now that there's people out there that are listening to me right now, that your walls are crumbling, that you're hurting inside, that marriages are falling apart. Just, I want, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to pause. Take a deep breath. I want you to go into a place. I want you to go hide and I want you to seek his face. Ask him, what is he showing you? He's trying to get your attention. Submit to his authority. Lay your will down. And he will show you the plans that he has for you. And I promise you'll look back. And you'll say, thank you. As hard as it is right now, you'll look back And you'll say, thank you. Because you are a good, good father. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, may we not forget who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. You are a the builder. Father, forgive us for putting our hope and our faith and trust of, in things of this world. Father, our kings and our kingdoms that we have built up must crumble in order for you to build. So Father, as some of them who are out there right now, their walls are literally falling apart their families are being broken up that you would comfort them that they would seek your face with every fiber of their inner being lord and through your comfort and your peace lord that you will gently start to rebuild them and restore them we thank you that our rock Jesus is a foundation that will never, ever fall. So Father, I pray that you would create the environment for your children to come to know you. Search our hearts, Lord. And if there's things in our hearts, Lord, that are not of you, may they fall away like the leaves in the fall. And may sprouts of green, green leaves that will never wither, may they start to grow. You are our fresh breath. You are that speck of light that we need. Father, we're here for you. Speak to our heart and show us your way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate it. I hope you know this really does um, challenge you guys. I can tell you I can speak of it because of what my family and I have walked through. I don't know how to tell you this other than the fact that it'll all work out in the end. If you just stay true, keep your eyes fixed on him. He's the only way. We love y'all. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. And I can't wait to see you guys next week on Easter Sunday. God bless you.